It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside former Packer Brian Balaga, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. The best 60 minutes of your day. I have a dilemma. Pebble, you're going to have to help me on this. This is the Homer Hour. It's Brian Bulaga with Homer on the Homer Hour. I don't feel like I'm qualified to say anything. You do know, of course, that Brian Bulaga is a Super Bowl legend. Legend. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. Am I worthy to talk with him? Do we just let him... Tell his life story, like where he was born in a manger, or... Uh, <laughs> oh, Homer, you've been talking to him this entire time. Nobody's... You can't cold feet now. Not on this one show. This is the Thursday before the Super Bowl, and you check it in Wikipedia every year. I do. Did you check it to see if he's still the legend, the record holder? I checked it, yeah. Uh, legend, do you ever check it? I know you don't. <laughs> I don't check it. I don't check it. The oldest player to ever play in a Super Bowl, 43 years, 199 days. Do you know who it is, Brian Bulaga, Dr. Football? Uh, is it Vinatieri? Tom Brady, quarterback Tom Brady. for the Buccaneers. The okay. youngest player to start 21 years, 322 days, even though it's been how many years? Still the youngest player to start. Excellent point, because who cares if you're like a punter or the long snapper? The youngest player to start, Brian Bulaga, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It's 2024, and he's still the youngest player ever to start. Uh, Did anybody call you from any show or anything recognizing the legend? No. uh, You know. It, it hasn't happened, and I'm actually shocked it hasn't been on one of those, like, who wants to be a millionaire or Jeopardy yes. or something like that. Um, I'm actually shocked. Disappointed? You know, if you were me, I'd be disappointed. You have too much class. You're shocked. You know what's crazy about that is that if Pouncey, the center from the Steelers, would have been injured and started, it would have been his record. That's what's crazy about wow. that. Wow. He was a rookie as well, and if he would have been healthy and played, it would have been his. He would have had it. See, see so, now I want to act like if I was, if I was, uh, you know, a Dan Patrick or somebody. So, Brian, uh, can you tell us what it was like? I mean, that's only nine years after you played in Little League Baseball. And I'm sure you played <laughs> Little League Baseball, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Did. 21. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, it wasn't my first start, so thankfully I had some time under my belt before, you know, playing in that game. But uh, when Campy told me the night before, I was, I was, I kind of, you know, I told him after the game, after we won, obviously, you know, you could have, you know, held that little fun fact till after the game instead of telling me the night before that I'm going to be the youngest guy to ever start in a Super Bowl. That would have been nice, you know, put a little more on my plate for me, but. Um, no, I mean, it was a, uh, when, when I found out, I mean, it was cool, but you know, at the time I was so 
you know, just engulfed in the game plan and my thoughts going through my head about the game and what's going to happen the next day and everything like that. I didn't really think about it much until after the game. Um, and then, you know, you kind of sit there and think about it like, man, all the Super Bowls and all the guys that have played in these games. And I'm the youngest guy to to start in one. Like, really awesome stat, real fun fact. And not a fluke. My my thought if I was you is that there's going to be some year where the starter gets hurt and have to bring some guy in and start yeah. and they could be young. And, and we're talking at any position. Yeah. I You know, it, hey, it could literally be – on the opening kickoff, a guy gets brought up and he right. runs down on kickoff on the op- on the opener of the Super Bowl, and he technically started the Super Bowl <laughs> on special teams, and he would get, you know, he would get the the honor. So yeah, I mean, every year I think it's, I mean, so, I'm like someone's got to break this, right? Like at some point, um, but it just hasn't hasn't happened yet. And now we get to the big question. Who held the record before you became the youngest player? Do you even know who it was before you? I think it was Jamal Lewis, wasn't it? The running back from the Ravens? Don't ask me. I would. I never looked at it. I never really cared that much. I, I'm assuming, um, well, you're 21 years, 322 days, which incredibly young. But uh, So I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I, I has he ever called you? No, so no one, whoever it is, has never called you to complain that you took no. his, uh, his brush <laughs> with what? greatness. No, I don't think I don't think that was one that he probably was too worried about. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking it's a it's clearly to me a, a a player of some significance to where it's not the only thing they're holding on to. Uh, yeah. And now this is the question, Dan Pekrasik. So Brian's. Did you ever think that day that you might never get back? You always hear these players say, you better take care of it because you can't ever guarantee that you're going to go back. And I, if I were Brian Bulaga, would say, no, it didn't enter my mind because we got this great quarterback. I assume I'm going back. I don't know how many times. I don't know what year. But I was damn well sure that I was coming back. Well, since I'm not Brian Bulaga, just playing him, I'll now be Dan Patrick. So, Brian, it's been 13 years. Did you ever think at any point or when was the first time you thought, wow, this is awesome, but maybe I'll never get back? I, uh, to be honest, I, I, that never even crossed my mind, especially the way 2011 went when we went 15 and one. I thought we, I thought for sure we would be back in at least two more, at least two more, especially with the teams that we had and some of the great players we had, and obviously Aaron Rodgers, um, I thought we would definitely be back. And that's the one thing that obviously not just myself, but a lot of the guys that I played with and Packer fans all over this world, that's the the biggest thing is that we never got back to another one with Aaron Rodgers. And um, they obviously had chances when I left as well in 2020 and 2021. Um, They had the opportunity and couldn't get it done. So it's, it's one of those things that I, I think about a lot um, because especially this week, right, when I when when the Super Bowl's on, even when I was playing and even now that I'm not playing and, and the Super Bowl week comes around, it always starts crossing my mind, you know, seeing Mahomes get into all these and, and you just it just makes me think like, man, I I know I'm not a quarterback and it, you know, it mean, you know, quarterbacks and getting into Super Bowls is such a big deal, but just for me personally, like 
I should have been playing in at least at least one more of these. I should have played in at least one more. And it's um, and we had our opportunities. Don't get me wrong. It's not like we never didn't get the chance to do it um, to get there. We just couldn't get it done. And and I would have never thought after that Super Bowl game against the Steelers that I would never get back to one. Just never thought it. I have two thoughts. One, you're in the club, though. I mean, once you're in the club, you're in the club yep. forever, and you certainly would have liked to have been in more, but you think of all the people you know that you run across. I mean, when you're in the club, I mean, two is better than one, but but being in the club is, I would say, 95% of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that and you know, that's what I always try to fall back on is like, you know, one is – One's better than none. You know what I mean? One is better than none. Like and, a million times better than yeah. none. Yeah, and, and I'm obviously so grateful for it, and it's always so cool to, you know, watch the game when NFL Network plays it. I always make sure that I either, you know, record it or, or, or watch it when it's live on NFL Network because it is fun to watch. And um, the memories from that week, the memories for the after parties and everything that happened after we got back to Green Bay um, – just awesome times. And, you know, it, it was, you know, football wise, the greatest, obviously, accomplishment I've ever had. And it, it was, um, you know, such an awesome year and season, the way the season went. Obviously, like you said before, you knew we were going because of how our defense was ranked. You already said that. You knew we were going. Yep. You did say that. Yep. Um, so you knew it, but I didn't know it. And at the time going through the and, season, and look at, I understand breaks went your way. People forget about that. Different things yeah. happen. I, I remember the Philadelphia game. I don't remember the specifics of the game, but could have easily lost that game. And it was to me a break to play Chicago because I don't think anybody thought Chicago was that good, but I'm, I can't speak well, for the team. I mean, th- that would have been the thing we'd have either. Chicago or we had to go out to Seattle and try to beat Seattle. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things like we already beat the one seed in Atlanta. So the, the, it would have been either Chicago or Seattle and we didn't play Seattle that year. So we didn't really have an understanding of um, how good or, or not good they were, but um, we all saw the run that Marshawn Lynch had in the playoffs against saints, right? Everyone saw that. So it was, so you knew the momentum was really riding high in that stadium, and, and that was kind of when the 12th man was starting to get going, right, when that stadium was really becoming an advantage for the Seahawks. So that would have been a tough challenge to go out there and try to win. There's there's absolutely no doubt. We did play them in the preseason in Seattle, so we got a little taste of uh, that stadium and that team that preseason. But, you know, it's preseason. You don't really, you know, you don't really know – much about that. I remember I played almost three quarters of that game. It was, you know, rookie in the preseason playing a lot of snaps, but um, it was a, uh, it was a, obviously a, a really cool time. Not, you know, to play Chicago, to beat Chicago, to get in was probably, you know, the right thing for it to be at the end of the day, right? Bears, Packers to get into the, to get into the uh, Super Bowl. I mean, it would have been just like this year, it would have been really cool for Lions, Packers to get into the Super Bowl. That would have been really a cool storyline as well. But, um, yeah, just, just a, I, I look at it as a magical run because we had to win so many games at the end to even get in. And then we got in and, you know, obviously against all the odds as the sixth seed, get it done. All right, now we get to the tough part. 
Uh, I was there. Uh, I remember uh, Ron Wolf saying, uh, fart in the wind. And I think it's one thing to win a Super Bowl. You win back-to-back. You know your team is a legend. Automatic. There just aren't many that do it. Did you or do you ever think in 2011 that you were better than you were in 2010 through the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I thought we were better through the regular season for sure. Um, I thought we had a better team, a more experienced team. Um, Obviously, the way we were playing, um, offensively especially, I didn't think that there was a team that could, and once we got into the playoffs, that could stop us. Um, And, you know, you get into that game against the Giants. And I remember first series, I remember it clear as day because it – it kind of didn't didn't make me think we're not going to win this game, but it made me think, okay, this is this isn't going to be the way it's been all season. I mean, it was a third down play. Uh, I think we were just around the fifty yard line and drop back pocket was clean. We, you know, as an O line, we were really good that year as well. And and Aaron threw a a ball to Greg Jennings and just overthrew him. And all year. They Aaron never did that. There was never an overthrow. It felt like every time Aaron let go of the ball that season, it was going to be a big play. And Greg was pretty wide open for NFL standards, and it was just out of Greg's reach. And I remember at that time I was like, man, yeah, this is this is going to be different than it was during the regular season. And that's how it ended up being. I mean, a lot of weird stuff happened that game, the Hail Mary at the end of the half. And um, it was just a, you know, we, we didn't play good enough. And obviously the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So they were a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, but, and we beat the Giants earlier in the season in New York. So we felt really Was, good about wasn't that. Wasn't it late up. in the year though? Do I have that right? I don't know if I'm thinking that. Um, I think it was in the second half of the year. Yeah. Right. Cause it was, it was cold in New York. So it was the second half of the year. So we felt good about having the Giants come. And, you know, it was just one of those games that, we got outperformed. We didn't play well enough, and, and, and we lost. And that, and that's that's when I, you know, especially even as a second-year player, the reality set in that getting back to where we just were is not going to be easy. And it's and it's because you you do it as a rookie, and then you go fifteen and one in your second year, and you're like, man, like we, we're 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 going to keep doing this. Like we're, you know, we we got this team. Obviously, we have the best quarterback in the league. I think so. Obviously, Tom Brady was playing and all that, so I understand other people having objections and Peyton Manning. But, like, we got Aaron Rodgers. We got this receiving group. We got these studs on defense. We got Clay Matthews. You know, like, we're going to keep doing this. And you lose that playoff game, and you're like, this is not the way, you know, it's going to be for the rest of my time. We're we're not going to be able to just go on these playoff runs and just dominate teams every – every season it's going to be it's going to be a grind now we have a target on our back and and that's what it ended up being and um obviously we had other opportunities you know when we made the playoffs every season um until 2018 or 2017 and it was just um you know we, we just weren't able to get over the hump and and that and it was disappointing and now i say imagine how that would feel if you had never won a super bowl and oh. To me, it's got to change it by, you know, a million. I don't even know what the word is, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, just absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine it. Like, to be honest, like, I, it's not even um, – It's I can't even think about it because 
if we didn't win that, you know, in, in 2010, and then to have all the opportunities that we had and we never got back to one, I mean, it changes the dynamic of the way you talk about, you know, the Green Bay Packers, I feel like. You know what I mean? It, it changes – I mean, I don't think it changes the narrative around um, how great Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still great, right? right? Like, no, he becomes Dan Marino. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the way you look at it. And um, obviously for me personally, as having Aaron as a friend, I'm so happy he got it because people can't kind of hold that He's over. He's your he had, friend? He's not even a very good teammate. How oh is your God, friend? Get, get, get out of here with that. Not even a very good teammate. Well, I mean, that's why I've, I follow we've, this. We've had these conversations before already. Like we, we don't need to readdress okay. it. Like we've had the talk already. Um, is that the but, worst thing? Was it, what's, what's the, and we're going to go to Jason Woody, but it makes me ask, what's the worst thing or the hardest thing that you read or have heard in which you go, it just never amazes me how wrong you can be. Just by your tone, I think that might be at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that gets said about him, and or no, about not about him, but about anybody. Oh yeah, yeah like well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the part about, and you know, obviously, we're about to talk to Jason, and, and I have the utmost respect for Jason how he does journalism. I think he's obviously one of the best I've ever dealt with, but there's. Sometimes these narrative about guys and, and, you know, you don't really even know them. You, you get this narrative based on what you see on TV or how he acts. But a, when it's somebody that you think is not only a friend, but a great friend. And then these things come out and you, I, I guess at some point you just give up and you say, fine, it's just crap. Just I'm not uh, you, you can't spend your life in that debate. No. Right. Or yeah, you don't, no, I don't I, think you are. I, I don't. And, you know, I mean, that I mean, Aaron's the one I get asked about most from all the guys that I hang out with, play golf with, how's Aaron Rodgers? You know, he comes off as this. And I'm like, well, they're, they're wrong. I know the guy personally. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, it was pretty much my job to make sure he didn't get killed. So, like, I took a lot of pride in that. And with that, you build a friendship, not just on the field, but off the field. You you get a, you know, a bond that. But you don't have to have that bond, and that bond can vary. From quarterback it's, to it's, quarterback, yeah, right? Of, of, of course it can. He he could have kept his distance from us and not wanted to be friends with us and not wanted to and keep it merely in the locker room and merely professional in that standpoint, which, hey, if that's the way he chose to do it, that's the way he chose to do it, and there's nothing I can do about it. But he was different. He, did, he, he wanted to be friends outside of the building. He wanted to build a relationship outside the building with guys. And, and to me, I mean, that says all I need to say about him. And, you know, the way he treated not only myself – but my wife, my kids, um, can't. I mean, I can't say enough about it. So um, that debate to me, I mean, no one can change my mind. I don't care what comes out. I don't care what the athletic says. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. Doesn't you know, matter to me. It's funny. Uh, I did an event once with uh, with uh, James Jones. Now I'm forgetting mm-hmm. his first name. It is his first James. name. Yeah. yeah, it's James. Yeah, so James. somebody asked him, and he said, "I'm only going to tell you one thing. I've come home at times." And Aaron Rodgers is playing video games with my kid. He goes, "Yep." Uh, and I, you think of all. He goes, "Like, there's nothing else. We don't need to talk about anything." That's yep. the Aaron Rodgers I know. You can say whatever the hell you want, and I'm not talking about all the things. All I'm telling is, think of somebody that you knew, and you come home and they're playing video games with your kid. That that person wouldn't hold a special spot. I don't care if he's your plumber or the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Just in Correct. the same tone that you did. So, Correct. all right, Absolutely. Uh, Jason Wilding next. 
everybody on the planet Earth should get information about the Green Bay Packers from Jason Wilde. And this is my favorite segment because I get to sit back and listen to Jason Wilde chat with the Super Bowl legend, Brian Bulaga. Still, according to Wikipedia, the youngest starter ever in a Super Bowl. Though some people are giving me information like somebody was younger. But I don't see how. Must not have been a starter. I have no idea. Yeah, I, know. I have no idea. All right, Jason. But Jason yeah, how, how are you doing this evening, Jason? Uh, I'm great. I love the fact that Homer just views this as a chance to take a segment off. Uh, and also, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that he refers to you as a Super Bowl legend, which yeah. uh, I you you're a lot of things and a lot of very positive things, including uh, someone who's become outstanding on the radio. A legend. 13 years Bowl. after he started, he is still the youngest starter ever in Super Bowl history. That, sir, is a legend, Super Bowl legend. Uh, I think what? Joe Montana's more of a Super Bowl legend. Uh, Brian Belaga is a future Packers Hall of Famer. That's and a, a lock. Fantastic former player, but a legend. You just you can't throw that word around. You're a legend. Yeah, you but are the legend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks, Jason. Nice too. spin. What a great turn. That was very good. I got to give you credit. All right, you two go ahead. All right. Well, okay. I, you know, I guess I'm going to go in a little different route because obviously we all know this it's it's kind of a dead period for the for the Packers, but there was some news that came out that they're going to, you know, start their search for the new president. Uh, or CEO of the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, replacing um, Mark Murphy. So I guess, Jason, I mean, have you heard, have you been kind of looking into this? Who the candidates are? Who's in, who's the front runner for this? Is it someone in house? Are they going outside? Kind of, what are you hearing on on this? Well, first of all, I expect you to get all the inside scoop because you in April have agreed to be on the tailgate tour crisscrossing yep. the state and yep. you'll be on the bus with Mark Murphy. So I expect you to get <laughs> inside information on this search. Look, I, I think they have an in-house candidate who not only should be the leading candidate, but should get the job. Uh, and that is Ed policy. His dad ran the 49ers. He's got ample experience as an executive. Uh, I don't think they should over complicate this and, I'm sure that they will look at other candidates, make sure they cover all their bases. But unless it's someone who just absolutely positively blows them away that they never saw coming, um, I think Ed Policy is deserving of being the kind of clear-cut favorite. Now, not only has he been working alongside Murphy for the longest time, but he was basically the point man on uh, Title Town, which is a huge piece of the Packers' uh, present and future. Uh, he's a really, really sharp guy, uh, and I think he's a guy that just makes sense. But, again, they're, they're enlisting uh, Jed Hughes and his headhunting firm, Corn Ferry. Uh, I'm sure they will come up with some other candidates. I'm sure the NFL probably has some qualifications that, they would like to see uh, some people of color, some women who would be interviewed. And if those people turn out to be better candidates than Ed Policy, 
then they deserve the job. But I just have a hard time picturing a scenario where ed policy is not the the logical, clear-cut candidate. So someone would have to come out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but certainly uh, not out of the front-running group or the in-house candidates uh, and really impress them. So uh, I think ed policy is the person that my expectation is will be the guy, but that that is not guaranteed, that's for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, we could – people can say and everyone else can say what they want about Mark Murphy's tenure as, you know, the Packers CEO, president, whatever they call it. Um, And obviously only one Super Bowl. That's what a lot of people say. But I mean, you'd have to look at Mark Murphy's time as, you know, running the show there. I mean, he's built green Bay into a very, very, very high octane money-making machine with title town, with the additions that they're doing, with probably how they're going to expand even more throughout Green Bay, you'd have to say he's done a pretty good job. Or, I mean, do you look at it a different way? No, I mean, he's, look, he's, he certainly has done a fantastic job. They are in a, uh, in an outstanding fiscal position. Uh, they, they do have title town. They do have the draft coming here. Uh, they did expand further the seating at the stadium that gave them 80,000 in uh, seating capacity. You know, Mark Murphy was 53 years old when the Packers hired him uh, back in 2007. Uh, and Ed Policy will be 53 years old if he gets the job next. So it's a, you know, with the mandatory retirement age of 70, you know, you're kind of looking at that same length of time potentially uh, for him to be president. Uh, I, I am. I admit my bias. Uh, I believe Bob Harlan uh, was far superior uh, okay. as a uh, president. I think that what he did in getting a Hall of Fame general manager, uh, who then in turn traded for a Hall of Fame quarterback, signed a Hall of Fame defensive end in free agency, and hired a Hall of Fame, because I do believe Mike Holmgren will eventually be in Canton, a Hall of Fame coach, uh, after a team that had wandered in the wilderness for the better part of three decades, being mediocre to bad, uh, I think what he did was more impressive. Plus, he got the stadium referendum passed. Like, they, they needed to get Brown County voters to vote in favor of taking on the cost of $290 million to turn the old corrugated, green metal building that was Lambeau Field into the Taj Mahal it is today. So that's not Mark Murphy's fault. I would say the same thing about Ted Thompson versus Ron Wolf or Mike McCarthy versus Mike Holmgren or even, you know, your former quarterback Aaron Rodgers versus Favre. Like it's just different when you've been so bad for so long and having to start a winning tradition again as opposed to what the Packers have largely done since that 90s group, which is sustain that excellence, which is still very hard to do. But, you know, I just think that Mark Murphy fits the same category as Rodgers, McCarthy, Ted, that it's just different when the success has already begun. Yeah, which absolutely makes sense. So on to the actual football side, obviously we've seen all the defensive staff changes, right? They're pretty much done, aren't they? Or, or is there any other? Yeah. A couple that... of, 
Yeah, they got a couple of quality control guys I think they have to hire, but, yeah, it's it's pretty much done. Okay. Are we going to see – is there going to be any movement offensively? Or is that done? Is, is offense staying as is? No, I think uh, I, I, um, I know – the the most the biggest question uh, for me and for others was whether or not Tom Clements was going to be back. You know, he's going to okay. be 71 years old. Uh, he is coming back. Um, LeFleur told me that. So uh, okay. Why do you think he's coming well, back? Because I think he really enjoyed coaching, and I think he, you know, really enjoyed seeing the fruits of his coaching pay off with Jordan Love. I mean, look – Brian played during an era when uh, he was on the staff. And, you know, in fact, for while he was offensive coordinator for a period, and on top of that, um, was actually the offensive play caller for a portion of one season. Um, but, look, he, he got far to go from, I think, 29 interceptions before he got here in 05 down to, I think, 18 in 06. And then, he, what did he have, like 10 in 07? when they went to the NFC championship game, like he, you know, he made a difference with Favre, who was an old dog at that point. But at the same time, he also was a, a vital consigliere to Rogers uh, during his developmental period. Then people forget Tom actually spent a couple of years in Arizona. And if you remember, uh, Kyler Murray was playing his best football when he had Tom Clements as his quarterback's coach. Yeah. Uh, and he, I don't think he's been all that star-spangled awesome since. And then, obviously, now with Jordan Love and what he did, I just think Tom has been so important to what Jordan Love was able to do. And, and I always joke about this. I even said it to Rogers uh, when we corresponded a while back. Like, dude, you did not bring you did not bring Tom Clements on board as a favor to Jordan. You did it because you wanted Tom Clements on board. But it turned out to be a gigantic favor to Jordan Love. I mean, you know, Rogers would argue that he he knew that it would be great for Jordan. So what's he so good? Why why is he so good? I think I think he and and Brian obviously knows more a million times more than I do. But I think one of the best things he does and he and McCarthy both oversaw the quarterback school that was really important to Rogers development. They don't do it as extensively now because the rules are different for the offseason program. But uh, I think he is really good at teaching the, f- the fundamentals of the game. And I know Brian uh, coaches uh, flag football, peewee football, and, mm. and I coach, you know, girls basketball and softball and that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, both of us in our roles as dads believe in the importance of fundamentals over everything else. And I think what Tom Clements is outstanding at is – teaching fundamentals that then can be parlayed into these quarterbacks actually improving in the most vital skills, uh, accuracy, decision-making, all the things that make a good quarterback, and frankly, even arm strength. Like, I always use Matt Flynn as the example. Matt Flynn came in uh, as a seventh-round pick in 08, and, you know, and, and I, I love Matt. He's a great dude. Um, but he was a bit of a, I don't want to say noodle arm, but he certainly did not have an NFL caliber arm. He won a national title at LSU. If he had a stronger arm, he would have been picked earlier than the seventh round. But he spent an offseason and a training camp with Clements, and I swear to you, watching him at the rookie camp 
after the draft and watching him beat out Brian Brom, a second-round pick, to back up yep. Rodgers in 08 was because his arm strength, because he, he improved his footwork, he improved his throwing motion, and that was all with Tom coaching him. And it just made such a vital difference in his ability and he became more accurate. I mean, he ended up getting a big contract from Seattle. He didn't end up obviously being the starter there for very long. But I just think that that's what Tom excels at. And I think the things that I wondered about with Jordan Love were his decision-making, his arm strength, his accuracy, and all three of those things by midseason, when you watch him from then on, you can see the impact of his learning from Clements impact all of those areas and he was just so much better and and i it, jordan deserves a ton of the credit he's the one who put in the work i'm not saying that he's a creation of tom clements what i'm saying is is tom clements gave him the tools and he maximized them and became a guy that now we're not wondering if he's the guy anymore we are very certain that he's the guy absolutely absolutely i guess okay so my last question uh do we have any rumblings of when a Jordan Love extension will happen? So I think that's interesting. We can we could probably and and you and I are going to spend some time together next week. I'm going to spend time with Homer tomorrow because Tausch has finally reached the point in his off season where he just needs time off and needs to be away from me, which I don't blame him. Um, but <laughs> that's uh, made up. They they can't they can't sign him to an extension before May 3rd. The rule is one year after you sign an extension, you're then eligible for another one. So they did that half-measure deal last uh, May 2nd instead of giving him the fifth-year option uh, as the 2021st-round pick. So that would be, the first date they could do it is, is May 4th. I don't think that's when it's going to happen. I, if we're doing over-under, I would probably put it sometime in mid-June, and then I would bet the over this feels to me like something that you get done right before the start of training camp. Um, yep. You know, I remember Kenny Clark got a deal done right before, like the day that they were starting practicing and he went out to the field with his new contract. That's what my gut tells me, but it can happen anytime after May 3rd. Got it. Thanks, Jason. It. All right, Doc. All right, Homer. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Homer. Take Jason will the all-packers all the time. To the Super Bowl legend, a short third quarter next. One, two, one. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service, but more. And I messed up. Should have been saying Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service for over 50 years. Yes, family-owned for 50 years. More than that now. That's why confusing insurance decisions aren't confusing for them. That's why they came up with Level Funded. That's why... It seems as easy, even though it can't be because it's so complicated for everybody else. Not after 50 years. Small enough to handle your needs with special attention. Large enough to have the clout to make it happen. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits. Top-notch, sir. And doing it well for over 50 years. Phone number to remember. All you got to remember is 783. Saganiac Planning, 262-783. Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. With Super Bowl legend... Brian Bulaga, now I got a problem, Doc. Oh, boy. Well, people have been sending information that there are approximately 12 players or 11 that were younger than you and played in the Super Bowl 
The no. youngest, of course, was Jamal Lewis, who ran for 100 yards. But while he did that, he was not listed as the starter. They list okay. Priest Holmes as the starter because okay. he was a vet. and So I think you're, you're there. However, we now have, is it Keanu Neal, who played for Atlanta, and I think Shaq Thompson, who played for maybe Carolina. They're both defensive players. On their Wikipedia pages, they don't list either as starters for the Super Bowl, but under the Super Bowl, they're both listed as starters, and they were 21 years and 194 days and 21 years and 292. You were 21 years and 322. Well, if they were starters, that means they got it. Well, but I mean, if that's... nobody has gone through the process, do I want to be known as the guy who goes to Wikipedia and says, well... Brian Bulaga really, it appears, doesn't deserve that unless I can. I probably should wait till I get the official starters, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to see who went out yeah. there in the first now, series. Understandably, you're you're a bit of a fluke, uh, and I haven't turned on you. But Jamal Lewis had 27 carries for 102 yards. Priest Holmes four carries for 84 yards. By that time in the season, I believe Jamal Lewis had been the starter, but. They quite possibly started Priest Holmes because he was the vet, right, over the rookie. That would be yeah. understandable. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a, hey, and, hey, I'll tell you this much. If those two guys got it, they got it. I mean, yeah. there's nothing, you know, there's nothing, and that's okay. But, but should I pursue it or not? I mean, it, it'd be super simple just to watch the first series of both those games and oh, see yeah. if they were out there. Yeah. Yes. Very, I mean, very good. Very easy. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. out there, right? And YouTube and oh, everywhere. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would sure. prefer that someone else do it, but uh, someone. I mean, I'm. I, I can assure you, I'm not going to do it. Like <laughs> I'll put it that way. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm going to feel bad if I'm a part of eliminating you from the Wikipedia Super Bowl. I. I mean, I. I, I don't know if I can call you a Super Bowl legend if you're not the youngest ever hey, after 13 it, years. I mean, you would think that Wikipedia would have been updated by now if well, I wasn't. Right. right, somebody would. All they got to do is get it. I mean, I know this because they wouldn't even let me update my own Wikipedia page because I yeah. didn't have a reference to go to. And, you know, it, it'd have to be, um, like you said, it, it, I'm not even sure you could use the tape. It'd have to be an article in the newspaper, or I'm sure they have the... The recap of the game, right? It lists. There's I a, would imagine. You, yeah. all, all your games. I don't know. Did you ever look at the stat sheets after a game? You know, the big, thick, uh, like, 20 pages? Uh, I did, yeah. I'd look at it after right. the games. And those always listed the starters, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. you'd imagine that would have been updated if that was the case. They're, listen, there's definitely guys that have played in it that are younger, but were they starters? That's the yeah. only That's, that's the, the issue that, that needs to be worked on. That was a yeah. very good conversation you had with uh, – Jason Wildy. Um thank you. I I, I I don't it's not like I don't I, I like not doing anything but I'm curious what you're going to ask and and uh, you have a great deal of respect for Jason and he has he always has good answers. I'm, yeah, I mean go ahead. Well no I was going to say I mean uh, to to me you know we're obviously in a slow period you know all the defensive changes have been made but at the end of the day you know the news that is what it is with the Green Bay Packers is the president search right and that's kind of a big deal with the organization is who is the lead guy and, and who's, you know, the way the Packers are structured now and the way Mark Murphy has his hands in a lot of football, you know, decisions 
when the power structure got realigned and who answers to who and things like that, when it never was that way, who comes in next? It's a big deal, right? Like it's a, it's yes. a big deal. And, and the way he views uh, the way the Green Bay Packers should be on the field as well. So um, it's a, it's a big decision. People, I would I, I make the observation. I think people are pretty more critical than I would think appropriate for Murphy, but I, I don't, I don't, I hate spending time on that because it doesn't have any effect on me. I think the best way to describe Mark Murphy is he entered a, an organization that had been successful and he maintained what Mark Murphy did is he maintained the excellence of the football team and the other stuff, the draft and other things and all that. That's nice. Yep. But fundamentally, as president, your job is to win football games and in Green Bay win championships. And he maintained that level of excellence. Didn't get better, but it certainly didn't get worse. And for that, he deserves credit. He really didn't change much. He believed in the group of people that were there, uh, and they all maintained until Ted Thompson um, got ill or whatever you want to say and probably may have stayed with him too long. But it's impossible to say worse than he maintained. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. But I I think we could say that he did put them probably in a – better place fiscally than they were when he got in. Yes. I think I think that's something that you could look at, especially the way Titletown and all that's getting built up and the revenue streams that they can get now um, besides just, you know, the regular money that they get from the NFL. I mean, he's, he's built that into a real, um, you know, money-making machine out there. I mean, there's something for people to do at all times yeah. of the year and it's, and it's a really nice setup. So, to that, I give him credit. But I agree with you that, yeah, he maintained a level. Um, but with the other things, I think he, he, he's done a good job. Which that. is no guarantee. The best-kept secret that isn't mentioned, the 49ers, we'll discuss it after this time, have not maintained their level of excellence since Bill Walsh and George Seifert. They have failed, and that's been a long time, to maintain that excellence. And that's next. I tell everybody, Fisco Autobody, so you like them and you like me. Yes, they help my reputation. Here's how it works. Fisco Autobody in Forest Home in Franklin. On Forest Home in Franklin, family business owned since 1931. It's not what they do, it's who they are. So by the time they're doing it, whatever they're doing for you, Autobody work, they've been doing it so long, it's easy. They won't tell you it's easy, but the quality of their work tells you it's easy. So I tell everybody about Fisco Autobody. Those who listen to me go there go, man. These people are great, and I'm the one who told them. They thank me, and they think better of me. I admit it. Fisco Auto Body on Forest Home in Franklin. Fisco, Fisco, Fisco to remember the name. Brian Bulaga with the Homer Hour. And I don't know that this has been mentioned enough because you brought it up with Mark Murphy in terms of, and I said, maintaining. The People don't realize the 49ers have not won a championship in 30, in almost 30 years. Yeah. After they won five in 13 years with Bill Walsh and George Seifert. Their last championship is 1995. Yes, in the Super Bowl with Harbaugh in 13, in Shanahan 2020. Now, again, that doesn't matter, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. Your no, it thought? Does, it it oh, doesn't matter, yeah. It you got to win. Yeah. I mean, you can get to as many as you want. But right. when you don't win, you don't win. You're just, you're just a participant, man. There's all, you know, you're just looked at as the first loser. And that's the way it goes. Like it's, um, it's, listen, I'm not saying it's easy, right? It's not easy, 
I'm not saying it is, but like the 49ers have had a lot of talented teams, yes. a lot of really good teams. And for them to not have won one, like you said, in 30, 30, whatever years. I mean, think I mean, of the teams that have like Tampa Bay or you just pick different teams that have won one. That's fine. That's enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, like you said, one gets you into the club. But when you're a team like the 49ers that have won so many in such a short stretch of time, it is a little bit of a, a dark cloud over you that you haven't won right. another one. And there's no there's no doubt, given if you're old enough to know, the, the pressure's on the 49ers. Otherwise, yeah. it goes another year without yep. winning the Super Bowl. Yep. And you can always say it because, sir, you're in the club. Yep. Who are you taking this weekend? Who do you got? I, I, I just can't city. I mean, I, I just will be really surprised. San Francisco could have lost their two games. Kansas City's playing well. I at Pur- it will change the history of Purdy if he can pull this off.